Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to this month's Banging Book Club podcast. I am here with lovely friends Hannah Witten and Lena Norms. And, and this is Lucy I'm Moon. Lucy Moon. Hello. Hey. We're back. Sorry, this is late. We just had a big talk about secrets that you guys can't know yet, but you will hear in the next podcast. Announcement. Not yet. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> so love secrets. <laughs> so this month we read Perv by Jesse Baring. 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 It's Jesse. What's he? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And we all read it on a different format. So Hannah used... I kindled it. I read yeah. it on my phone. Sometimes it sounds I'm... like you burnt it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Kindling, mate. <laughs> yeah, I, I used the Kindle app on my phone <gasps> slash iPad. Kindle is like to burn the books. Yeah. Fuck. Fucked up, right? <gasps> yeah, that's why it's called Kindle. Oh. Nazis. I don't like <laughs> it anymore. No, that makes me feel like weird in my tummy. Anyway, I just thought it was interesting because I read it on a Kindle... Lena read the physical book and Lucy audiobooked. And this was my first ever audiobook and I did it because I couldn't get hold of the book before I went on holiday. So I had to. There was no choice in the matter. You could have so kindled. About, how did you find the audiobook? Um, well, bear in mind it's the author is reading it. Um, I found it hard to take in a lot of it, um, which sounds really weird. Also... It's very fact-based, so it's harder to... Yeah, I want to, lis- I want to listen to music when I listen to stuff. Like, it didn't quite go in as well, I don't yeah. think. But also, you hear his intonation, you hear how he kind of says stuff. Do you like him? Yeah. Like, from being able to hear his voice, do you like him as a person? Um, that's a really good question. I don't agree with everything he thinks, and I think it definitely, how exactly what he thinks comes across very well through the way he mm. verbalises it. Yeah. And, Which is, yeah. other non-fiction books we've read, we're still not very sure as to what the author thinks. Yeah. And we're just like, that was just a pile of facts you threw at me. So what I liked about this was that I was like, okay, it's clear. Yeah, it feels yeah. very clear. It's almost like a manifesto of his. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels. Um, yeah. The other thing I feel like is worthy to point out, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first Banking Book Club book by a male that we've read Ooh, by a man men <laughs> you are now included in the conversation we let you in halfway through which is uh, about when you let us into like vote and everything else so like yeah. <laughs> three quarters of yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> have we read any like Bang. black yeah black Asian we're minority we're going to be reading Jackie Kay trumpet uh, before we'll try and get googled more. pictures of everybody that we've so we don't me, know me either. Either. But we yeah. should look we really should and we definitely we picked trumpet because we knew on top of everything else, that it was going to be different. Yeah. 
Um, but that's for August. Yes. So let's focus hold on your horses. July, June, June. This is June, June's book, June. technically. Oh yeah, housekeeping. We love a good bit of housekeeping. Thanks to Lena, we're now Feminist on housekeeping. <laughs> and we're now on iTunes. Fuck SoundCloud, who didn't let us keep uploading. But yeah, we yeah. Did. we're now we're... on iTunes. So uh, give, us a, rate uh, us. give us, us a rating. Give us a rating. Yeah. Listen, Ooh, the first people to give us reviews will give shout outs in the next podcast. So go and review <gasps> us. Yeah. Oh, that's I'm a well good idea. Yeah. Yeah. We'll shout out your names and. Uh, only if it's a good review, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't if you're like, this is tedious. <laughs> Why are we listening to women? Sorry. To be fair, I have been listening to a lot of podcasts in the top ten on iTunes, and they've been quite dull. So oh, I think, really? I so think we're in with a chance. Let's get into the Needs top ten. more sex and more laughs. That's my feedback okay. to iTunes And more gin. Yeah. More gin required. More gin, um, more sex, more laughs. We need to put that as our, like, slogan. Sure. Oh, yeah. Right. And then the other bit of housekeeping is our trigger warning for this podcast and the book. Yeah, if you haven't read the book, um, do you Just we talk about rape and paedophilia a lot. And also throwing up oh, yeah, lots of, of bod- like body functions body if you're very stuff. sensitive about that. Um, also, if you haven't read the book, there's a video on Lucy's channel that's kind of like a summary. Woo. And this podcast is going to be like going in detail about all of it. Gloves on. And <laughs> yeah. if you want... Ready, ready, ready. <laughs> and if you want to make a video response, use the hashtag Banging Book Club when you tweet it and Hannah will put it in the playlist. Yeah, I will. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay, so first impressions, ladies, I guess. I mean, we've just finished it, so like... <sighs> yeah, fresh. Or is it factual? I, um, again... I have a similar reaction to it to as I did to vagina in mm-hmm. that it brought up loads of discussions that hadn't occurred to me and I as 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 the the person who has a somewhat fetish for the physical book I was scribbling the whole way through it and having my own ideas in the margins uh-huh. because I was like this is interesting I'd never thought about it like this before um and again I like Lucy I didn't agree with everything but I had fun reading it yeah you know I wouldn't say it's like the funnest book ever I don't think I had fun reading it. I agree. I found it difficult. Um, there was just a lot of words, and it was slow. Whoa! A discussion of, gross, of how we feel. Let's about talk the word about gross. gross and disgust in a bit. But um, yeah, I actually didn't have a good time reading it. Um, but a lot of the things that was covered in the book is stuff that I've already like researched and read up on, mm. and so. There were some things in it that were new to me, and there were some things that I agreed with, some things I disagreed with, but I feel like the main message of the book and the main content of it, I was like, yeah, I know. Oh, that's interesting. Because I... Yeah. See, I haven't formally studied sex. Yeah. So I... Also, did anyone notice that there has been one particular um, sexual experiment slash research study that's been done that has now appeared in three of the books that we've read? The rats one. No, it's the one where um, people they they they. I remember the one it coming where, up. Yeah, it's the one where. Uh, how do I? I can never like. Do, right, it's the one where they got different men and women to like gauge how sexually aroused they were by looking at different things, but then yes. they also measured their sexual yes. arousal. Was that yeah. the same experiment every yeah. time? I was like, why do people keep doing this experiment? I'm pretty sure it's the same experiment. <laughs> yeah. But basically saying that like, I think the way that Jesse Baring put it is that um, a man's erection is basically like looking into his soul of sexual desire. Like, 
if he's erect, he's attracted to it. Whereas for mm. women, like, we could be, like, wet. Mm. But that doesn't mean that that's our, like, sexual orientation. Yeah. Yeah, and also the whole thing about women being a little bit bisexual. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. But anyway, your first impressions, Lucy, and then... Oh, yeah. We've got so much to talk about. My first impressions, as someone that doesn't know much about, like, uh, sexology, the the study of sex, Mm -hmm. I guess... Mm -hmm. Um, I still didn't find it that interesting. I think it's because I've now read three factual books about sex. And I've read so many fact books. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Our next book is also a fact book. It was actually. But it's history. And it's got pictures. It's got pictures. Oh, I like pictures. And then we get onto the fiction. Yeah. And also the thing about audiobooks was like, it felt like a chore having to read it. I think I would have enjoyed it so much more had it been a physical book. Mm. And I've never thought I'd find that much of a difference. Yeah. But that act of reading. Did you learn stuff? Um, yes, I did, and um, I have I have opinions, which yeah. is good. But I, it felt like a chore to okay. try and get through it because I was doing it on times where I could be listening to music, which is like my my priority. I felt like it was a chore just because I only read it, started reading it like a day or two mm-hmm. ago, and I was like, mm-hmm. I've got a deadline. Yeah, because normally I don't feel like these books are such a chore, especially the fiction ones. I think as well. I don't know. I was reading the physical one, so I was always looking at the cover, and the cover makes me feel like it's going to be funner than it is. Yeah, it's a comedy cover. Yeah, it's going to be more light-hearted, and the back is like the young woman who's fall madly in love with the Eiffel Tower, ha ha ha, and like Mm. lists all these hilarious sexual deviances. Um, But actually, we only got about page about the woman who's in love with the Eiffel Tower, which is frankly disappointing. Even just a paragraph. The book Mm. looks cheekier than it is. Yes, cheeky's the word. Cheeky. Yeah, Yeah. not cheeky at all. Or you dirty Mm. perv. So great marketing. Yeah. Does on behalf a, of Corgi. <laughs> but uh, it does have a strong, strong conclusion though, and that's something that kind of runs as a thread throughout the the book. I was going to mm. say. Shall novel. we start with the discussion of, I guess, the main point, the message yeah. then? Yeah. Which let's, is the. Uh, let's see if we all got the okay, same conclusion. What I think his main point is is that whatever people's sexual desires are, their orientation, their fetishes, or whatever. That's absolutely fine as long as no one is getting harmed. Yeah. And it's and mm. you're born that way. Like it's not a choice kind of thing. He wants us to remove morality from the discussion of sexual yeah. uh, persuasions. How unless it's harming no, yeah, yeah. But harming people is wrong and if it plays into harming people without consent, yeah, then that is where you draw the line. Whereas if you think it's just wrong because it's wrong then and he's, he's like he's that. like that's not a valid argument or wrong um, because it creeps it, you out um, yeah. uh, moral dumbfounding where yeah. you can't explain why you find something immoral you just do yeah. which plays into the idea of disgust because disgust is like a sensory experience so when the Nazis were trying to make people repulsed by Jewish yeah. people they were like they smell weird but, they do, they, and yeah. they're saying like sensory disgusting oh, that's interesting. but the whole thing about morals is so interesting to me because I remember having conversations with like friends at uni that were studying philosophy and they would tell me about basically they would ask me like why I had certain morals if I wasn't Christian because they're like where do your morals come from like why do you even have morals Mm. and stuff and I'd be like I don't know stop making me think about it and did you live with a Mm. house of Christians yeah (laughs) and so confusing times I just had this discussion with someone the other day as well and this book made me try and think about my morals and like really like question them because this book basically the message of what it's saying is that like if you are uh, a paedophile like if you're attracted to young like children if you're attracted to children 
then like you can't help that and that's a sexual orientation but obviously like acting upon it would then be bringing harm to a child so that's wrong but but then there's also the incest thing he's basically saying that incest between two consenting adults is necessarily Mm. not fine but it's like you would have to put forward a really strong argument to why you think it's morally wrong Mm. if no Mm. child is being conceived especially if it's like homosexual incest that's the problem. There's just a lot I of think, things to think yeah. about, and you're just like, my yeah. gut is being like, no, that's horrible, it's weird, it's wrong, it's gross, uh, I'm repulsed by that whole thing. But then, like, mm-hmm. when you just go through all of the arguments for it, like, yeah. at the end of the book, he says something about, like, trying to balance between our innate judgments and our critical thinking skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because our innate judgments come from a logical place, and that society needed to be disgusted by incest because yeah. they had to produce healthy human beings to carry on mm. but seeing as it doesn't look like we're really like prioritizing making any more humans <laughs> yeah. yeah would not recommend yeah ice caps <laughs> rapidly <laughs> disappearing we don't we, that's not a priority so we should we still be disgusted by incest if it's not i don't know man i still am i don't know like, i still personally <laughs> yeah. very much am mm. but and he's, he's yeah. definitely taking it from the standpoint of today um, he said he quotes Charles Dickens at the end and is like mm. best of times worst of times yeah. I think that's such a cheap why every, did he throw that time, in there anywhere people can need to stop quoting that line yeah. <laughs> it made sense in this context but I was like we need to stop with that that line yeah. great point um, made okay done it's like yeah it's the beginning of every like rom-com yeah. can I bring we're on the like pretty much on the subject but mm-hmm. can I turn it towards what Jesse says about bestiality because that was the one point where I got really weirded out and I was like, no, I do not agree with you at all. How do yeah. we know if the animal's being harmed or not? Yeah, because he was saying, how do we know if, if the, the animal is enjoying it? It is giving consent and thus okay, which I totally mm, disagree yeah. with. The other thing is, is though, like, how do you know if an animal's enjoying it? Because he even has mm. a whole section on tickling. Yeah, and like. Just watching someone getting tickled, it could be hard to tell just from their physical reaction if they're enjoying it or if they're like in so much pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, I how do I we realized know? as well that I didn't have as n- enough of a reaction in the last books where we, we we read stuff about experiments on animals, and then I read them again here and I was like, this keeps coming up and I think it's not okay. Yeah. I, I really don't think. Yeah. And also the thing about getting sheep's like swapping the sheep and the goats around yeah I mean it's interesting I learnt something from it but I don't think it's morally okay Mm. I still I think that's tampering with lives that aren't ours and I think yeah I I definitely there's a lot of animal cruelty that clearly like now I've gone cruelty free I've noticed a lot more like I feel weird about animal experiments that aren't for medicine or like Mm. I don't know but then it's like feeling weirder about it but are these is this not for medicine or is it it's like for mental health medicine Mm, but then I don't know sexual health medicine reproductive medicine I don't know yeah what What's it for? Where's the when line? I find its purpose, Where's I feel happier. It's like Tower of Babel. We're like trying to be God. Yeah. Know. And I don't know if it's. Don't know if it's okay. Yeah. God, there are going to be scientists listening to this. Like, why? <laughs> why yeah. do we let all the humanities students read the book? <laughs> okay. Can we talk about disgust? It scares me that one day I might be married to somebody and they get really viscerally ill, and mm. then I won't be as sexually attracted to them because you're like disgusted me. But then, what but, happens if your sexual partner? is there with you whilst you're like giving birth 
to the baby. Yeah, I've always I thought think this we need to weird. get rid of disgust because yeah. And also, the babies are disgusting. You have to look after babies for like four years of their life I'm, and they're just being disgusting. For me, it's when they come <laughs> yeah, out sexually of attracted you. To them. When they come out of you and they're covered in blood and stuff and but you, you don't, you don't have to be... It's not saying that disgust stops you from loving something. It says it stops yeah. you from being sexually attracted to it. So yeah, men watching us give birth is weird to me. But then so much blood sexual and attraction shit. and love aren't always like... At odds, yeah. And especially, what's the word for people who are attra- only sexually attracted to people they love? Oh, um, demisexual, kind of demisexual. You have to have an emotional connection yeah, yeah, yeah. before you feel sexual mm. attraction. And also, you can just say to to your partner, like, "Oh, can you just go to the head of the bed? Like, I'd rather you weren't seeing what's going on down there. Just hold my hand and stroke my head." Yeah. <laughs> okay, I've come up with a solution, guys. Yeah. But then done. I had to get over my initial disgust of moon cups and my own body to use moon cups, and now it's a really positive experience for me. That's cool. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, just. Disgust isn't always rational. Yeah. I, um, one of the things that I find really interesting about um, sexual arousal and disgust and how like the two are so like weirdly linked and reading this book reminded me of something that I read in Essays in Love by Alan de Botton. Whatever his name is. Um, but in this book, which is kind of like a fiction philosophical book, I guess, um, he talks about like when two people like each other, when you're into someone, you get turned on and sexually aroused by the idea of doing certain things with them. But if you don't fancy the person, you're disgusted by doing the, yeah. exactly the same things. They're the things that... Like, think, the so that's why it's romantic. Exactly. Like, think of someone that you fancy mm. and think about like sucking their dick. Great. Think about someone you don't fancy at all. Oh. Think about sucking their dick. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Like, and it's exactly the same act, and you have, like, two completely opposing, like, reactions mm. to it. Do you know? But that's no, with, yeah. surely that's with most... No. Sex is definitely more... So the, the, act, the act isn't arousing Genitals. in itself. It's who you're doing it with. Even if you're not, like, emotionally... Like, you don't have to be in love with them. You seem to be physically attracted to them. Yeah. Yeah. The it's sexual arousal has to be that. I don't know. So, can I bring up what's troubling me most about this? This is yes. more like a counselling session as well. Okay. okay. So I think, I think of myself as quite liberal, mm-hmm. but on purpose. I try and like be liberal about things, yeah. unless I have a reason not to be, for some reason. So when I think about other people's fetishes, especially like to do with violence and sadomasochism and stuff, mm-hmm. I try and be as liberal as possible, and I'm like, that's cool, if you're into it, cool. But the question that I've written down here is, can we both, can we both um, campaign for consent and support people whose fetish involves no consent. So even if you're consenting to be harmed by somebody else, mm-hmm. the fetish and the idea of them being in pain turns you on. I don't but understand doesn't mean I don't want to no shame con- anybody, but I don't it understand It doesn't mean it. there's no consent there. Do you mm. mean more like consenting to act out rape fantasies? Yeah. Because you're still yeah. fetishising the idea of yeah. having power and taking away somebody's I'm, consent, even if you have subliminally consent. I don't know. I'm similar to you in that... I have trouble figuring that out. But, mm. like, someone I know has, like, talked me through, like, their experience of acting out a rape scene fantasy with a partner um, that was, like, fully consensual kind of thing. Yeah. And it is, like, you're sitting on it and you're just like, oh, I feel, like, so uncomfortable with this. But then, uh, I don't know. It's really true. I'm like, why is that being fetishized in the first place like yeah, I wish I wish like non-consent I just wish non-consensual sex i.e. rape wasn't Sexy. even a fantasy like I just what led to yeah. that yeah like, that's, that's just are you me. okay but then 
the thing in BDSM relationships where there's um, like either there's pain involved or there's like role playing involved from what I know about the BDSM community is that they're so good at consent yeah. and they're and so, so good of communication and, and they have safe words yeah like stuff like that exactly mm-hmm. it's no Fifty Shades but I, I just don't think I'd ever be up for trying it. Like, there's loads of other, like, sexual fetish stuff. Yeah. That I'm like, sure, sure, sure. That, I don't even want to be up for trying it. Because I just... It's it's still, I think... But that's fine. If it doesn't turn you on, then Where do you draw yeah, the no, line no. with that? Do you mean, like, anything remotely, like, violent? Or do you mean, like, anything I just, to do I just think that rape. if... I, I personally wouldn't want to be in a relationship where somebody was even turned on by the idea of me not consenting. Yeah, I, mean? I think that would be... Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, same. I, mm-hmm for me and I don't want to like shame anybody sexually but it's interesting as well so it ties into the paedophilia thing where he questions quite interestingly whether we should make um, simulated child porn available so that people yeah. who have Puts forward a really good orientated for as well. to children mm-hmm. won't because apparently the, the, the argument is that when when sexually violent porn is more available in certain communities, the rate of actual sexual assault goes completely down. And that's really? apparently yeah. also true oh. of um, paedophiles that watch child porn are less likely to yeah. actually harm a child or touch a child. According to the research that we yeah. have available to us. Mm. Um, but then, yeah. it was, in the paedophilia chapter, like... That was the most interesting one for Yeah. Me. In the in the paedophilia chapter, he was like saying some stuff, and I kept on thinking, "But what about this? What about this?" And then, literally, in the next paragraph, he would address that yeah, thing. Like, oh, thank you. He uh, yeah. was very good at that throughout the whole book. I think yeah. anytime I had like yeah. a qualm, he, a qualm, whenever I use that word, <laughs> he then kind of he'd usually address it very soon afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was, it was, even if it I didn't felt agree. very satisfying as a reader. That mm-hmm. happening, that's I was why I was like, enjoying it. Yeah. I get he must have had because for a book he like this, followed he must have my had brain so many proofreads. Um, um, a yeah. lot of it must have been but what about this someone's yeah. saying and then he's like okay I need to go through that again. I found the paedophilia chapter really interesting just from the perspective of someone who like I want to talk about that online mm. like and it's something that I've researched and read up on and one of the researchers that he mentions in the book is someone that I've emailed to be like hey have you got any research that's like for layman people instead of like scientists because mm. I can't read that mm. <laughs> <laughs> and um and yeah, and so that was interesting to me because I was trying to read it and be like, okay, how is he phrasing this? Because if I ever like make a video on it or something, it's all about your tone and your phrasing mm. and like. Mm. And I was just yeah, I guess I was just curious that mm. way because like all of the stuff that you put forward about paedophilia, I kind of like already knew. Yeah. Um, but no, but no one else does exactly. Yeah. Like so many people don't, and it's to me, it's like so interesting and it's good because I would never have picked up a book about paedophilia yeah but yeah. I would pick up a funny book with a picture of a sheep on the front that's like woman who falls in love with the Eiffel Tower like that's apparently and then it's would like bam paedophilia yeah. is a sexual orientation and you're like oh my god <laughs> yeah. what um, but yeah I think it's interesting as well because he talks about that paedophiles more likely to be short <laughs> really yeah. yeah yeah so this is like, the research wait that... bear in mind I, I got like I, I kept having to jump this bit of the chapters yeah, no, so like this is part chapters. of James Cantor's research, who's the Canadian guy. Paedophiles are more likely to be short, left-handed, and have a lower IQ. Yes. Really? That's the part that I thought was really interesting. Yeah, and, and so the thing that, so James Cantor, this research, he did loads of MRI scans on known paedophiles, and so the one thing that they figured out about their brain is that the white matter in their brain is 
different from a normal, I'm doing inverted commas, normal brain. Um, and white matter, it, white matter isn't the parts of your brain, it's the parts that connects the bits of your brain. So oh. there's basically like the wiring is wrong. So mm. the way that he, Jesse describes it in the book is like, um, when a paedophile sees a child, it's not the like maternal or parental like instinct that kicks in. It's a sexual instinct that kicks in instead. So it's just mm. like, just the messaging is getting messed up somewhere That's in the brain. That's interesting. That's so interesting. Like you can, why did I miss this part of the chapter? Yeah. Fine. Um, I think there was a part as well that said that it's really genuinely, because you know, it's a common conception that women aren't usually paedophiles. And he kind of confirms that in this. Yeah. He's kind of like, no, they're really not. But I didn't really get an answer as to why. Maybe we don't so really this know. Is, this is a thing that I wanted to bring up. Mm. Uh, moving on from paedophilia, maybe. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> one thing that I found really interesting was the number that he kept on throwing around being like, um, to every 99 male paraphilias that there are, there are there's one female yeah. paraphilia question what's a paraphilia again someone with like a unique fetish or different yeah. oh I thought, it was, I thought it was about sensory okay paraphilia i think that's the name the word paraphilia he used it a lot in one chapter that's the umbrella that, yeah, yeah, that's the umbrella it. term for like a sexual deviant is for oh, paraphiliac okay. i think yeah please correct me if i'm wrong we can right. we could google that uh, <laughs> but we're cool. not going to <laughs> nah. um but yeah 99 male one to one female mm. and and or but except in like sadomasochist relationships, it's like twenty to one. Mm. So f- women are more likely to have that kind of f- fetish um, than like any of the other things. Oh, and also the objects one. So being attracted to like inanimate objects, like that's more fifty-fifty. Mm. I think he said. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting, but like you said, he never explained why. Why yeah. are men more predisposed to having was, fetishes? I thought it was kind of... Or being sexual deviants. In the same line of why men find it hard, like how, how women can be turned on by a lot of things, whereas men are very, very specific. Mm. I thought it was yeah. on those lines of like once, they've, they all had an experience in their past. Oh God, it was so Freudian. Yeah. Did you get that? Yeah. Yeah, that bit maybe, was... So maybe subliminally, because maybe, we're turned on by keep, a lot of things. I keep reading just, these maybe things. Maybe subliminally comes into our minds and then we're like, nah. Because like, yeah. I keep reading we're these things fluid. and I'm like, maybe Freud was right. You know? But then when, <laughs> you, when you hear the audiobook part of that of the book, yeah. Jesse makes it quite clear that he's like, this is a Freudian concept. Uh, okay, he's yeah. quite like... But he doesn't offer I'm, an alternative yeah, he, yeah. theory. He says, so these so I'm like, this, yeah, he says these are the these are the strongest that we've got, and they're Freudian. And I'm like, how have we gotten like almost a hundred years since Freud, and no one's come up with a better alternative to his mm. theories about it all happening this is in the childhood? Only thing I've ever seen, the only thing I've ever read that that puts some legitimacy in Freud's theories about like the ego mm. and stuff. Yeah, or yeah. about like what like you're sexually attracted to, basically being determined by your experiences as a child. Seeing an amputee leg on the table. Read, yeah, because I used to, I, I used to read loads of Lacan, but like. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's who I was researching, and he talks about how our, our ego is is created once we realize that like mirrors. Mirrors are a huge part of how we create an ego. And I think he talks about that as well. And there's also a woman called Mylene Klein, who nobody talks about because she's a woman. Oh. I think. But, but I don't know what she says, so oh, I can't oh, okay. But that's the problem. I don't know. I don't really know. But I feel like there must be. And yeah. maybe he just, I don't know. The other thing about, yeah, so 1991, no idea why, and that's frustrating. That was one of my biggest unanswered questions from this book. Can I put forward a theory? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That for women, because they're the ones physically birthing the children, it's less confusing them when they're like oh I love this child it's not as confusing because we physically birth them we know that that's our child and we're eating no but I'm not just talking about paedophilia I'm talking about like the whole spectrum of all of the different deviances I think it's to do with the fact we're just more emotionally intelligent Sorry, guys. This is a feminist podcast. For those of you who aren't British, (laughs) half of everything that British people say is sarcastic. That was sarcasm. Um, sarcasm. Because the fact that just men find a, they find what they find attractive, and stay kind of really within that line, actually find things unattractive that aren't Mm. like like how you can be really gay, obsessive love, or really really straight. I don't think women can be like super straight in the same way. I just don't think we're as repulsed by the idea of being together because socially we've been conditioned to be together a lot more yeah. <laughs> be around each but other here's and... the thing is that in three of the books that we've read now it's con- like all been confirming this experiment where it's like you said men are very specific in their sexual attraction and they're kind of repulsed by anything that is different to what their orientation is women much more fluid um and I know I'm reading science behind it but there's part of me that's still like holding back believing it because I'm like but is this just the patriarchy saying, hey, look, the science girls make out with girls. We want to fetishize lesbianism. Oh. Like, that's, but that's just playing in my head. I'm like, but is it, I don't know. Yeah. And like men being like, oh, no, like I'm just into women or like I'm just into dudes. Like, like it just being like, no. And then women being like, I'll have a bit of this, I'll have a bit of this. I don't, <laughs> More I, don't, tough ass effect. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so confused in my brain because I'm reading all this science about it and I'm like, no, but is this them tricking us into being like sexually fluid people and then men enjoying observing so we that? Can, yeah. Mm. Who knows? I'm really sorry. I'm like, we need more human conspiracy. studies on sex. Yeah. Like Hannah Witten conspiracy 101. More human studies on sex, please. All the sex yeah. science people. Yeah. That's what we need. So we understand and we need women doing them as because well. Because it's yeah. definitely more socially acceptable 
like culturally for women to be more experimental mm. in their sexuality than it is for men. Yeah. But then That's is that the, why that men have more deviances because they because they've got nowhere else to like fucking general and do you know what I mean? I well, maybe know. we because we I don't, don't, I don't know. I, don't know. Also, I know where you're going. Can you tell me because I don't know if I skipped the part about the about transgender stuff. There was some transgender stuff. Maybe I skipped it. I skipped it. Or maybe I accident. By accident. (laughs) I've got one more thing to mention about this topic, and then can we talk about the transgender stuff? Yeah, because I think we're talking about women and men a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the the other thing in this was that I can't remember the exact phrase that they used, but part of women um, not necessarily mentally getting turned on, but physiologically getting turned on by like almost anything. They someone said it was like a protection thing. Wrote that down. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I use oh, that. Oh, yeah, so you don't what, get injured. Yeah, what Female the, defense mechanisms. There you go. Two, three, seven. <clears throat> this, from your tone, I'm feeling like you're feeling the same way that I am about it. That scared the shit out of you. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, literally us if I can just do a going, shout line. Like, it's just us Please getting wet. Yeah. So that if we get raped, it's not going to hurt as much. Like, I'm like, yeah. what? And it can be so. It, it just says a woman's genital, a woman's genitals can be in stark disagreement with her desires. The erect penis, in contrast, is a direct window into a man's erect soul. A, but, sorry, erotic soul. <laughs> that's what I said. Oh yeah, yeah. Erect soul. Wow. Um, his soul is a wreck. Am I right now? Or like, oh my god, I actually kind of love him as a writer, and I'd like to read like short articles he writes because he writes stuff like, or even more to the point, it's a divining rod to his reservoir of specific desires. <laughs> Jesse, you're hilarious. <laughs> I was chuckling at parts. Yeah, but I think he's got a good tone. Well, mm-hmm. where does it say the thing about female defence mechanism? So that's here. That's just in the paragraph four, but it's quite a long one, so I didn't want to read uh, out. Um, is there just like two hundred and thirty-six? A... Is the page number? Oh yeah, so it's basically like. Scientists could also use some of these tests on women to just to find out whether they're paedophiles, but they wouldn't be as certain about it because women are a lot more suggestible because they're they're likely to get wet even when they're not around. Yeah, it was mentioned in a chapter before the paedophile oh, okay. chapter though as well. Also, this has come up in previous books. Yeah, that we get wet at everything. <laughs> we like go any, that anything far. that's sexually relevant. It's not like we're going to Tesco Express and we're like, oh. Yeah. Well, no, no, but it has to be sexually relevant. So that's uh, why, like, looking, watching monkeys have sex. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, but yeah, no, it's terrifying to me that that's what some science says is the biological reason that our vagina lubricates itself well, the, when the, we the, see the, the, like, sex stuff. The, quite cos- Cosmo-style um, stereotypes about sex are that women will do it even if they don't feel like it or they can feel pressured into it and do it and you know lay on their back and think of England and men are quite impotent <laughs> and they're just like do you know what I mean so it's like one, if we don't want to have sex we still can well, the and one it's hard thing... to tell without us saying whether we actually want but when men don't want to have sex they just go floppy and then the one thing that I've heard people say recently is um, men have sex when they're horny and women have sex to get horny Ooh. Yeah, I know, right. This is one of our first sober banging book clubs, and I feel like I need a gin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, ladies, I just moved no, in no. and I got no. But yeah, but, but men, men, men can get erect involuntarily, though, can't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, had, I asked bit, someone about this the other day. And <laughs> you, can, you can definitely get erect for like absolutely no mental, like, yeah. horniness at all. Yeah. So. It can happen sometimes. Yeah, so that bit was terrifying, and I don't know how much I want to believe it. 
And also, it feels like all of these conclusions drawn from the studies on women are very... Um, uh, they haven't been thought out particularly in, like intensely. It's like they've gone, mm-hmm. oh, here's the study that we did with men and women, first of all. And then yeah. they've kind of gone, we need a conclusion for the women's one. Uh, probably could be this. And everyone's like, yeah, it probably could be that. And they leave it and at that. that. All right, they don't bye. Come, like, there's no multiple Problem hypotheses. Solved. There's nothing yeah. like... There's nothing yeah. uh, nuanced about it. It's quite like straightforward. Oh, this would make logical sense. Jesse, we loved your book, but we'd also like if a woman wrote a very similar book because we think it would be quite different. Yeah, I, feel I think that. it would still. T- I think if they had the same um, brief, I think they'd come out with different books. Yeah, I do find feel different research. like Jesse's voice is super, super strong in it. Maybe because it's the audiobook. but <laughs> as a as a gay. I think you're white, man. Yeah. I like how it's like I'm talking to him. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Jesse. But, um, you might hear. <laughs> I, as, as a gay man. Is there a picture of him in the book? Nah. Oh, yeah, author photo? Boring. Oh. I always love a good author photo. Yeah, they all look like they were just told like, in the publishing house to just stand by a wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, right, yeah. we need your photo. They harassed. Yeah. Um, and like Johnny Depp confessing about but his But I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, his voice is super, super, super strong, which is, like, really nice to read. Yeah. But also, any, any like... Well, yeah, all the thoughts he has are very, very clear, and they're very um, non-negotiable, almost. And that feels to me very, like... Yeah. Did you find okay. it preachy? A little bit. Yeah. I've yeah. got a section that I definitely disagree with. Okay. Tell me if you Ooh, think yes. you also disagree hear. with it. It's the part where he says... He's talking about the way that... Like, people think that you can guess whether somebody's gay or not, and it can be scientific, which is <sighs> fine and interesting. Yeah. But then he talks about uh, a- gender atypical traits in early childhood, um, which are so associated with homosexuality. Mm-hmm. And he says, We may not like the fact that these old stereotypes have any basis in reality, but irrespective of that, they do. Yeah. And he's like, Girls who are. I don't like. Girls who are tomboys are lesbians, and I don't... boys that play with dolls will turn out gay. Yeah. I don't like that either. And I don't think if he's just doing it in a nuanced, like, this could be true, he's not saying it clearly enough. Yeah. And I'm also just a bit like, no, the point is that gender is performative and taught to us and girls who like sport are rebelling against the norm. That doesn't mean they're homosexual. Ooh, yeah. said very well. I agree with that. Well. But, I, but also, I just, could I that be being homosexual like, be... Oh, no, you can't really say it's rebelling against the norm because that would make it a choice and it's not. I feel like we've gone very, very, like, philosophical and in-depth on this. I'm very um, keen. Uh, me too. Can we talk about transgender stuff? Okay, I'm gonna... I didn't read this bit of the chapter, so... Okay, can you remind me? Talk? I don't know, I... Okay, so... <laughs> he basically, in the context of sexual deviancy, he kind of splits it up into different kinds of trans yeah. stuff. So he talks about drag queens a bit, but then it's kind of like, but that's... They're not dressing up as women um, and performing for sexual pleasure. Like, it's the joy of the performing and it, it's... Yeah, it's not necessarily yeah, sexual. Yeah, it's not a sexual gratification thing. Um, so he kind of, like, disregarded that as a... as a, Yeah, as a fetish kind of thing. Um, the other thing that he said was then there's transvestites. And I immediately, like, recoiled because I didn't think that we used that word anymore. Like, I didn't think that that was a PC oh, what's word. The, what's the what's alternative? The, well, I thought... Transvestite was basically a non PC version. I thought of that was transgender. an offensive way of saying transgender. Well, in the book, he describes a transvestite as a straight cis man who 
gets sexual pleasure from dressing up as a woman and like feeling women's clothing. Yeah, I thought a transvestite was a, a man who gets pleasure from like straight. Can mate. I quickly Google it? Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, whoa, okay. And I was like, totally on board with the fact that that is a fetish that some straight men would have. Um, but I didn't realise that that was the name for it because I. I don't know, I just had like a visceral maybe reaction it's, um, to that maybe word. Maybe it's been like, used as a derogatory term for transgender yeah. people to just be like, you're just getting turned on by being a woman. That's why yeah, I, I had to Google it. But then, but then when he started... <laughs> I love what we live such privileged lives that we're just like, probably not a gun yeah. shot. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> but then when he actually talked about people who are transgender, and this was specifically more about... It's- pretty much exactly what you said oh is it a person typically a man who derives pleasure from dressing in clothes appropriate to the opposite sex okay mm. so that's like a valid fetish yeah. or like sexual now we know thing. something more. okay <laughs> okay but like please let us know how you feel about that word because i still feel weirdly uncomfortable yeah. with that word yeah, if, I any I if you identify as transgender how do you feel about the word transvestite or if you're yeah or if you're what is described as a transvestite i'm sure it's been used yeah. to insult and degrade transsexuals but is it? There we go, transsexual. That's another word that he then uses. And transsexual is meant to be, in this book, synonymous with transgender. And oh. I'm pretty sure we're no. not supposed to use transsexual no. anymore. Because sex and gender are very different things. Yeah. But then do you use or, the word transsexual for people who are physically transitioned? Yeah, and maybe. transgender for people oh, who... Oh, see, we're so uneducated. Oh, it's kind of like mother's and myths. But this is Sorry, the best guys. time to start getting educated. So we will start getting educated about it. Now yeah. we're having all the questions. I'm pretty sure I've only ever used transgender or trans to describe someone who um, whose gender identity isn't the same as like the sex they were assigned at birth. That could just be because that's the norm in, in like our current... Uh, PC language at the moment is what we is yeah, the word maybe. we're using and we probably um, wouldn't question it because but then the other thing that he does is off the back of the transvestite thing he then when talking about actual transgender people and specifically about um, male to female he kind of says like um, yeah this is a thing about gender identity gender dysphoria or, like all of that good stuff that I was like yeah yeah and then he's like but some also might find sexual pleasure in that um in the actual like dressing up as a woman and I was like I was thinking like well obviously they find pleasure in it because it's but not necessarily sexual because they're like being able to express who they are yeah like and actually like but like dressing the way that you want and expressing your yeah, expressing your gender the way that you want to express it and being able to do that, and especially coming from a place where you were like c- couldn't previously do that, yeah, that's going to probably give that you that would arouse me. Of, that would probably give you a lot of pleasure. But then Freedom is sexy. I was, I know I'm horribly cis and privileged, but the thing that it made me think of, because I was like, but not all trans people are going to get sexually aroused by wearing the clothes of the gender that they are. Do you know what I mean? Um, but then the way that I was trying to like think about it was like I feel sexually aroused by myself and like feel sexy when I'm wearing clothes that I like and I'm wearing and things you. that mm. I feel like a me and I feel like I'm fully expressing myself and I feel sexy in. So maybe maybe and I yeah. feel the opposite yeah. of sexy when I don't dress to what I think is sexy, which to me because I'm conventionally quite feminine mm. is baggy masculine 
uh, yeah. clothing that doesn't cinch in at a waist or doesn't have doesn't make you feel all sexy yeah like Birkenstocks and socks like not my jam also <laughs> what about what about the people who identify as transgender and also asexual oh well, yeah yeah. Well, he was weird. Is... I don't think his stuff on asexuality was good enough. No. I didn't like, even notice he said anything about he asexuality. He did. But then the other thing is then I think his stuff... I got very confused in his trans bit because um, I just found it really hard to follow because there was stuff about, like, M to F and then F to M and then M to F heterosexual and homosexual and, like, all of this. And he kept on, like, coming to conclusions about different ones and I just found it really hard to follow who he was was talking about. And I was like, am I just horribly ignorant and not patient enough to try and understand people that are different to me? Or is this badly written and explaining it badly? Yeah. So I was just like, oh, about that thing. This has made me realise I really need to read more books about trans experiences. And two trumpets, trumpet, trumpet yeah. and two time. And um, there's also one called Stone Butch Blues for anybody who's listening, which I've recommended before, but it's really great. And it's by Leslie mm. Feinberg, and it's not as available as it should be, but oh. you can find it on Amazon secondhand. Okay. Um. um yeah. But the asexual stuff is he like mentioned it, which is great. Um. But he completely disregarded that there was any such thing as romantic attraction. But I guess it's a book about sexual deviances, so maybe he like wasn't going to go into that. But it could have at least had a mention, because he was basically like, asexual people aren't attracted to anyone. And I was like, no, but they could be romantically attracted to people. Yeah. And there's a spectrum mm. of asexuality. Yeah. You know, from like, not sexual at all, to like, hypersexual. And yeah. then there's all of that, like, in the middle. When was this written? I don't know. I think quite recently. I kept though. thinking about I that. I think it's 2013 or something. Yeah, it seems recent, but not as 2013. Recent. He references George Bush. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he just wrote this and it took a long time for him to get a publisher, and then that's why it's out of mm. That's the problem with nonfiction. Yeah. It takes so long to hit the shelves that you're like, this it? isn't even relevant. 2013. 2013. No, maybe yeah. not, though, because I think, no, actually, it would have taken a long time to research, I reckon. Yeah. But he'd already had a book published. And he went yeah. to his publisher with the idea, okay. it says in the intro, so, um, I think. I have one more thing I want to bring up. What about you guys? Yep, I'm good with that. Yeah, I think we've been going It's a while, small point, I think yeah. We've, we've got yeah. 45. I've kind of got a little line that is, for me, like, summarises all the books about. So I'll Come on, what, what was yours? It is 274, which is... Um, Science would tell you what's moral and what's not. By standing on your own two feet... On the terra firma of reality, instead of remaining in your eyeballs in sort of dogma, you'll get a much lay of the land. Basically, it's like science won't give you morals, but it's important to read about science so that you can make a proper moral judgment of your own. Yeah. So without the science, yeah. we can't make moral judgments. Yeah. Because you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Because and he's not trying to make a moral judgment. But yeah. He's like, here it's is so, some science to use for your moral judgment. It's so hard to take the morals out of some of the stuff in there. But the yeah, what were you gonna? So the thing sorry. is. When he started talking about Jermaine Greer. Oh, mm. I wanted to bring this up as well. I had no idea about some of the stuff he said. Yeah, so she wrote some book about beautiful boys. And then... And then tried to some... justify it and still made it sound super creepy. She tried yeah. to do this real, like, but damage then... control that made it worse. And oh, then there's all these, like, pictures, but, like, artistic pictures that they tried to, like, get into art galleries of, like, naked, pubescent kids and Mm. so I want to know is how would you feel about an artistic gallery of either paintings or photographs of 
like naked 12 year olds very uncomfortable i thought about this while i was yeah. reading it i really like art i would find but that it's very but uncomfortable. it's art lucy no i'm okay, playing devil's advocate if you're doing Kanye West discussion about his bloody music video oh i've not seen uh, it with an... taylor swift naked in it oh but aren't they all like not actually them aren't they made yeah, out of stuff i but still yeah. think that i'm like i understand you Kanye west i still think you're a dick He's like, I'm going to explain the concept of art to you really slowly. And I'm like, fuck off. I know the concept of art. This is still wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, as an artistic experiment, I thought I'd go and rape 10 people on my street. Still wrong. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. No, I, so, I, I yeah, felt I, deeply I, uncomfortable about taking photos of especially prepubescent girls. Because they're technically paedophilic images if yes, you're under exactly. 18. Um, there, are, there are ways of taking photos of prepubescent girls that don't involve nudity or, like, involve, like, non-sexualized yeah. imagery but it's very hard to not sexualize I think a of, young um, teen girl's body i think of like a world. good healthy way um the thing that came to my head is maddie what's her face the dancer in the sia music videos yes that's like good. she's what 11 12 years old she's not hit puberty yet in her body and she's wearing like a tight skin colored leotard and you're watching her like dance incredibly and it's not made sexual at all, but you are basically seeing her like entire figure, and because it's skin coloured, like it matches mm. her skin tone. Yeah. Like from afar, you'd think she was naked, but then she's not. And that that I think is great. Now but you've mentioned, do you know that. what I mean? Yeah, and like that's um, not sensual at all. It's emotional. Not, it's like rather. Yeah. Have you seen those music videos, Lena? Oh, what? Oh, okay, that's what we're God. doing when we finish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also think there's a danger of being like, we should cover up all bodies until they're 18 because bodies are shameful. Don't show your body until well, you're 18. Well, it's not that. Consent. It's like, bodies like, can be naked until you hit puberty. Like, children's bodies, fine. Ba- like, actual babies can be naked, whatever. Oh, because 12 and, is on the cusp. Of and then as soon as you're, like, about to hit puberty, it's like, cover it up, cover it up, cover it up. And then as soon as you're, like, allowed to be sexual, it's like, get it out, get it out. So yeah, confusing. Yeah. weird. For me, it's about the eye of the photographer that comes up with taking photos of prepubescent or, or just pubescent girls because it was specifically girls was the... Um, I thought it was boys. Mm. Boys was the Greer book oh, and then okay. girls was the um, exhibition. And right. I was like, for me, it's a middle-aged man taking photos of pubescent You're girls. You're like, red flag, red That's flag, my red, red flag. flag. And like... The eye of the beholder maybe the isn't almost as important as the eye of the photographer for me. I think what what he said was interesting about this window between hitting puberty and being pubescent rather than prepubescent and technically being able to consent under law. Because he was like, a, a female teacher... Oh God, you have not talked about sex, age. Yeah, a female teacher who has sex with a, a high school boy who is like hairy 16. as fuck and has gone through all this isn't paedophilia... Probably still illegal. It's hebophilia. That's what they okay, call it. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's quite interesting that it was like there is there is this hebophilia. gap. There's this Sorry. gap where we can't legally consent to losing our own virginity <laughs> yeah. for yeah. some fucking reason. Um, but it is illegal. Um, I don't know. There's that anyway. There's a gap where you haven't hit puberty because basically I don't blame the law because the law can't predict when you hit puberty. It's not a date. Yeah. It's not like. Can you, know you imagine first of January of every year group and it's like you have now hit puberty. Well, it'd be like, Bam, it would be like some ancient civilizations that were like as soon as you turn thirteen, then you're a, that's it. I do think we need more nuance. But it's it's usually like the start so. of your period. Oh yeah. Because then it's like oh you could, you're fertile now so. Maybe that's. 
No, because I started my period <laughs> when I was 11. Mentally vulnerable. Like, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I was people. not ready. <laughs> and I knew people who had consent, well, they had sex age 13 and their period had started and that's still, mm. I, I don't think a 13 year old can consent to sex. Well, in some countries, that's the Yeah, but law is consent. weird. Law is weird. The law is weird. Do you think there are 13 year olds listening? One yeah, of my friends probably. lost her virginity when she was 13. Yeah, it was a handful in my yeah. school, but lots no, but of people listening. didn't now. Oh, 13-year-olds listening now. Probably some. Yeah, definitely. Are you? Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hi, it's sorry. It's me. I, I was sorry for me. I think most of our listeners are probably like 18 to 25. I so, keep being yeah. scared at how young my audience is. Some of them are like, I'm just about to start high school. And I'm like, oh God, you are 13. Going no, that's, that's like high school. High school. American is, high school? Yeah, American oh, okay. high school. I was going to say like... If I had a daughter though, and she was like very young I'd want her to watch your channel I think that'd be a good thing thanks I'm not worried about that everyone had to watch all of our channels I'd be worried if they'd watch my channel (laughs) (laughs) I I say certain bits I feel like this is one of the better discussions. Yeah, I produce one of the maybe better we should discussions. Be <laughs> maybe we should be sober. Maybe it's partly because of the book and partly because. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good comment on the book. Mm. I think the book is, if not our favourite books, a good book overall. and mm-hmm. Great for a book club. Yes. I think I'd be lonely to read alone and quite frustrating. But as I knew, I was getting to talk about it after. I was for like, sure. Yeah. Um, as always, let us know what you think. Um, use the hashtag banging book. Blah, blah, blah. Blame and blip, blip. Use the hashtag Banging Book Club on Twitter if you're making like any blogs or video responses, and we can check them out and add videos to the playlist. Uh, next month, we are reading a little gay history. Yeah. Wait, am I right? Yeah, yeah that good, is correct. Um, can't remember who that's by, but guys, picture. I'm really sorry that it's another non-fiction, but it's short and it's got photos and pictures in it. It's yeah. going to be great. I'm very excited. And I'm more excited about less science and more history. I think we've been reading a lot of science. Yeah. I'm a big fan of history, shockingly. I, I've also <laughs> already read this book, so I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have a video on my channel, which is Lucy Moon's channel, um, about the book. So go and have a look. It's like a kind of summary and if you want to make a video response, you can upload one and... Hannah will add it to the playlist because she's a... Make sure you tag it with Banging Book Club, hashtag Banging Book Club on Twitter if you send it to her. Also, if you hadn't noticed, we're on iTunes now. Yeah! <gasps> oh my God! And what were so we like? Rate 100... us, I guess. That's what people do when they're yeah. on Yeah, listen to us because we were like 146th or something in the, like, in the rankings. In the, yeah, in the UK Very exciting. iTunes charts. I want um, to be famous on, <laughs> iTunes. on iTunes podcasting. Thanks so much for listening. We've had a really interesting discussion, haven't we, about this one? I love it. My skull can't keep up. I'm really sorry if the audio peaks all the way through this. I I think we got quite, um, what's the word, heartfelt. Heartfelt. It was good. Good Good chats. Uh, Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Love us. (laughs) Okay, subscribe. See you next month. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 